Did you rip one? No, it's fucking you. No. Yes, yes, no, no. yes. I smell your, nothing. Your shit ass stag is nothing. coming over here and raping my taste buds. <laughs> it's a sweet game. I mean, if you if you've never played Magic the Gathering, I mean, you're probably uh, more successful with the ladies than I. But, <laughs> but I loved that game. And then it went from an onion to a stick of butter. He literally was chewing on a stick of butter. And then, like, we saw the first, like, reveal trailer for The Last of Us. Fucking <laughs> blew my mind pieces. There's really no way for me to explain this game to you and have it sound as good as it actually is. P.S. This is awesome. All right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS. This is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast. This is episode 163. This is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with the show, I'd like to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, which is youtube.com slash PS This Is Awesome. Visit our t- uh, Twitter page at PS This Is Awesome and Tumblr at PS This Is Awesome.tumblr.com. If you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PSN, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at Jakesaw. Zero one, and as always, you can write the show at ps. This is awesome at gmail.com. And most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends and be sure to leave comments and rate this podcast as you see fit. Jake, how are you today? Uh, I'm here, I suppose. I made it. It's good. The show, yeah, just super busy. I've been off of work for two weeks now, and I might as well have been working. I've been so busy, yeah. Yeah, that's well. I mean, that's the that's the life that we've that we've made for ourselves is that we work very hard, and then when we get time off of work, there's a lot of work to be done outside of work, and it's just it's just the life we live, man. Mm-hmm. Shit's busy. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry you haven't really been able to enjoy your vacation. It's all right. I mean, we're pretty much on the. <clears throat> The closing stages of remodeling our bathroom, so it's pretty much done. It's just so much. I can't even tell you how many fucking times I've been to Home Depot in the past two weeks. Oh, I believe it. It makes I believe me so it. mad because the closest, I- the closest Home Depot to me is thirty minutes away. So yeah, you want to talk about fucking a lot of seat time in my car over the past two weeks, spending. God knows how many thousands of dollars on this stupid bathroom. <laughs> I can't even imagine. But when it's all said and done, you'll be really happy. And the crazy thing is, is when I built the studio, it was the same thing, man. I was just always like, oh, you know, either I'd get like – very seldom would I get the wrong thing. But it would happen from time to time. Like I th- I'd come back with like trim that I thought was would match and it was like, oh, shit, I grabbed the wrong one. And then you got to go back. <laughs> Luckily, I lived in town. Yeah. But like, you know, it's always like, OK, I need, you know, I've got the right size bits or the screw guns or the right, you know, caulking at the house. And then, you know, you go to your your where you keep your tools and then you're looking around like, fuck, I don't have this or I got to run out there. Or, or like you'll go to this, you'll go to Home Depot and you'll have a list. And you'll forget one thing, and then you'll be like, "Oh God, I didn't get that." Well, I'll get it next time. And then it's like, "No, I got, I need it." And you can't like, like when you're working on a project, like you can't just be like, "Well, next time I run out, I'll grab this," because like it's it's like a procedural thing. Like so, you have to do some things before you do other things, and sometimes you need you need the shit to do it, and it just puts the whole project on halt. So the, those drives are necessary, but it, it's so agitating. You don't want to spend more money. Than what you need to, you know what I mean. You don't want to buy all this excess shit that you're not going to need. Oh fuck it! I was I'm way past that point. I just got to the point where <laughs> I, I just got to the point where I literally would go to Home Depot and I'd buy like fucking five extra of everything and be like, I'll just return it. I'll just return what I don't need. Yeah, I have so much extra lumber, dude. I'm just so sick of driving to Home Depot that I I mean I like I went there today. I didn't even return everything that I have left over. And I returned over $300 worth of stuff. That's insane. And I'm sure and, – and like they're so used to that. I mean it, you probably feel really weird doing that. But they're so used to people just contractors just doing that. You just buy excess. You use what you need. You charge the people for what you used. And then you give the rest back and you get your money back. Home Depot is really good at returning stuff. But yeah, I mean that's that's an insane amount of stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's just like you know when you do stuff like – 
the flooring. You know, I bought two extra boxes of flooring because I yeah. didn't know what I was going to run into. So did you, you know, keep a box just for extra in case something happens? I have almost a whole box. It's not yeah. a full box, but it's, you know, probably three quarters full, but everything. It's not a bad I, idea. I had two unopened boxes and they're 70 some dollars a piece. So yeah, you know, I returned those. I had an extra box of tile. I had all these extra like fittings and grouts and primers and just all this shit that I just, you know, it's one of those things where it was like, to me, it's, it's worth it to just not have to drive into town more than once a day. But, (laughs) but you know, we're pretty much done. I mean, everything's, you know, plumbed, everything's working, you know, the, the, the sink and the shower and the toilet are all, you know, water's functional. running. Yeah. Everything's functional. It's just, you know, we're just basically trimming it out now. So nice. Man, know, I'd love to see it. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, I'm really happy with how things turned out, but and, yeah, it's nice to have a nice space like that. Yeah. And you spend, and I, you spend a lot of time in the bathroom. I mean, like you, you, it's a room that it's not like a room that sits in the corner of your house that you never go into. Like the bathroom gets used all the time. Dude, I spend so much time. I I take a lot of showers. Yeah. So, because sometimes like, what's up? How many showers do you take a day? Like, if you had to like estimate, not not even when you're working on this project. Like, are you like I'm a person where like I need one shower at the bare minimum a day. Like, I can't go a day without showering. I just can't do it. I feel like oh, I ball. every single day have to shower first thing when I wake up. Yeah, me too. I'm the same way. Undebatable. Yeah, right, right. But, it has to happen. But after that, I mean, usually a lot of times I'll shower in the evening too, whether it's, you know, after I just got done working on something and I'm dirty or sometimes I'm just kind of exhausted or beat down or whatever, I'm worked up and I'll just take a hot shower to calm down. Yeah, yeah, I, I do that or too. Something. It's fantastic. I'm with you. So yeah, I mean, very rarely do I take three, but I, I've been known to take three a day, like one in the morning. And then if I get into some shit in the middle of the day and I get dirty, then I'll take one in the middle of the day. And then I'm just fucking worn out at the end of the day. And I'm like, man, I'm just going to go stay in the shower for a little bit. Because to be completely honest, man, I come up with some really good ideas for songs while I'm just standing in the shower. Yeah. So the more time I spend in the shower, the more songs I crank out. So I try to use a lot of shower time. Yeah. I, uh, I, I don't, I mean, usually it's, I, I have showered three times a day, but it's usually a really odd occurrence. Now I will tell you, not that any of this is video game related, but I, when I stay in a hotel, I fucking shower a lot. And I shower for long periods of time. Because it's free water Dude, and it's, it's great pressure. And it's just like, because what, what, <laughs> what the hell are you going to do in a hotel room, right? Just you can get in the shower all the time. Yeah, because usually like I'm there for work, right? So I'm by myself. I've got nothing to do. So usually I get back from the job yeah. site or whatever. I take a shower. Then I go out to eat. Then I come back. Usually I sit around for a bit, then I take another shower before I go to bed, <laughs> and then I go to sleep, I wake up, I take a shower, then I go to work. It's, it's awesome. But anyway, we don't have to talk about showers anymore. Yeah. Well, speaking of showers, I have showered myself with a lot of games to play lately. I purchased Spider-Man Miles Morales. You and I have both been dipping our toes back into the world of Destiny, playing Destiny 2 the on the PlayStation 5. And I have still been touching on Cyberpunk. And I've been kind of putting Cyberpunk a little bit on the back burner just because you don't realize how inferior a game is until you play a game that's just not buggy. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it seems inferior seems like the wrong word, but I get what you're saying. Right. It's like, you. it's not inferior. Right. But you're kind of, uh, you know, you're blind to the bugs and stuff like that until you play something that doesn't have them. Yeah. It's kind of like whenever you play a game, we talked about this a little bit the other day. It's kind of like whenever you play a game in like graphic mode versus performance mode. Yeah. It's like when you start playing it in graphics mode, like, you yeah, kind of used to the fact that it's running at a lower frame rate and you don't think that it's that bad and oh, it's running pretty good and all that stuff. And then you put it on performance mode and it's like a, you know, flat 60 frames. You're like, oh my God, this is way better. It's like going <laughs> like, from standard definition to like ultra 4k HD. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really strange. Yeah. But, uh, but I mean, so are you just kind of 
are you delaying till more patches come out or are you no, just kinda- it's it's I'm working from home, so Cyberpunk has been the game that I'll dip into on my lunch break and I'll just run like a couple not even side missions. They just have these markers like The Witcher where there's like a crime in progress and you can go, you know, or like if there's an assault in progress and you hear it on the police radio, you can go just like beat up gang members and take their guns and like loot some stuff that they're getting in a fight or whether it's a drug deal or, you know, stolen cars or they're just mugging somebody. Then you can go and just try new weapons out on them and stuff. And like there are some little markers and this isn't even a spoiler, but there was one marker because there's like literally hundreds of these markers. But there was a marker that was like, go here. You don't know what's going to happen. Anything. What might you find here? And I go there and it, and it kind of directs me to go inside a, a restaurant, right? And my character's pretty, pretty leveled up at this point. So he has, he's, he's a street tough. So he's got a lot of strength, but he's also really good at hacking. I think I'm pretty good at it, but I'm not the greatest at my cool status, which is like stealth and stuff. I'm not the greatest with that, but my guy's pretty tough and he's a good hacker. So the game will give you different dialogue options based on your skill level for certain things. And like in Fallout or like whatever, I think Fallout does it, is like if you're having a conversation with somebody and there's a dialogue option that is specific to your character because of your current levels, it'll have like a symbol next to it, which means you always got to fucking pick that because that's your character. You've earned that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You have to do it. So it this last lunch I went into it. So give me an example of what I've been doing in the game. Not, not main mission stuff, but... It pulled me into this restaurant. It's like a diner. Going to the diner, I'm talking to the bar, the the guy behind the counter. He's like, "Hey, what do you want?" And you order, and your guy, you know, you sit down at the at the. It's like a, it's almost like a '50s diner or something. It's a, it feels that way. And then he's handing you your drink, and then like you hear someone be like, "Everybody, put your hands in the air!" And like these three street toughs come in, and they're like robbing the place. And you're like, "Oh, this is kind of cool," you know. And then the guy's like trying to like rob there's one guy in the gang that's like robbing and you have the option to interact with the street toughs and the first option is like ah somebody needs a lot of attention don't they or somebody needs to have all the attention to the room so i said something kind of wise wise ass like that to the guy just thinking that a gunfight's gonna break out you know and uh he kind of looks looks at me and he's like hey you know what do you know buddy you know shut up and put your hands in the air and then you have another option to be like well you know don't you want my wallet for my hands in the air how am i supposed to reach my wallet like trying to be an addict to this guy you know what i mean <laughs> and i'm like i don't know how this is going to pan out and uh it gave me the option after that and it gave like the strength logo which means like i had exceeded the strength test to be able to engage them in even more dialogue my guy was just like Listen, you know, I, I've taken on corporations. I've taken on this gang. They couldn't even put a scratch on me. Do you think you can really fucking do anything, man? Do you think you can actually do anything to me? You know who I am? And you're like, my name's V, motherfucker. And you're like talking shit, you know? And and he's like, oh, oh, oh fuck, let's get out of here. You know, and they all run away. And it's like, oh, that's cool shit. So little things like that happen in the game that, that are fun. Um, you know, had I not had that strength attribute, it probably would have turned into a gunfight. Or maybe they actually rob you and you lose something. I don't know. But so the game's cool like that. But I'm not really diving into the main story right now just because it has still crashed. Even with the latest uh, hotfix, it's still been crashing on me. And, yeah. you know, it's it's been frustrating. And I have seen graphic comparisons of the PS4 version versus PC. And I think the PS5 version is going to fall somewhere in the middle. So I thought the PS4 versions were good running on PS5. And I think PS5 takes advantage of a lot of the graphic fidelity and stuff. But man, I think it, I think that when the PS5 version comes out, it's going to look way better than the, than what it looks like right now when I'm playing it. So I kind of put it on the back burner for a little bit. I have been playing Pot, Spider-Man Miles Morales, and I talked briefly with you outside of the podcast. And for the listeners, man, that game is absolutely fantastic. It's better than the original Spider-Man game, I think, because more condensed. It seems more directed the random things that occur, the side quests, it's its all very, very smooth and thought out. And I am playing it on graphics mode. I haven't tried it in performance mode because I don't want to have to make the decision. So I, I might jump back into it later, maybe just for like the side, all the other side missions and all the things to try to platinum it. But the story stuff I'm doing in graphics mode, and that game looks fantastic and it plays fantastic. You get a couple other abilities as Miles Morales, not spoiling anything, but he has like an electric ability. I guess that's canon with who he is as a character. 
But man, that game is so slick. And it wasn't just buzz. And I thought it, it was just getting a lot of, you know, I kind of gravitate towards the train of thought that like if people are really talking a lot about something, I tend to stay away from it because it's just like, ah, I don't want to jump on the bandwagon. There's something in me, my internals just say like, don't fucking jump into this because don't be part of that. That's don't your be part of hipster, it. dude. I know. I try to avoid it. <laughs> And it sucks. And I was just like, ah, it's probably just more of the same. It's probably just like Spider-Man. But then uh, our listener, LJ, wrote, and I, he was like, man, you got to get Miles Morales. You got to try it out. And I know he really enjoyed it. And, I, and I've heard really good things online. And I was like, you know what? I want to play. I have this new TV. And I want to play something that is supposed to be geared. I want to see the loading times work. The cyberpunk loading times don't seem exceptional to me. They seem like they're still pretty slow. I don't know what it, how long it takes on a PS4. But it's still, it's not like snap you're in the game and this game the loading times are ridiculous like it's ridiculous how fast you can like just use a subway system like it's insane like there's essentially no load time at all power up the game and you're right there you're in it even after you close it out like I'm really excited to see, you know, based on playing this, what other cool things we're going to get with the PS5 because it's just absolutely fantastic. It seems like in the, in the game appreciates my time and, you know, it doesn't crash on me all the time. It's smooth as butter. I can jump in and out of it really fast. I'm enjoying it. The voice acting is absolutely fantastic. I love Miles Morales as a character. He's very lovable. He's very likable. Everything about him and how he handles things from day to day, it seems like he's very well written. His world it feels very alive. New York seems super alive. Like the game just is is really a must have if you have a PS5. I, I don't know how it plays on PS4, but you absolutely need to get this game, Jake. You have to get it. It's so good, and I think you I think you would absolutely love it. You like the original Spider Man, I remember. Yeah, no, I really liked it. Actually, I did. I bought it yesterday. Um, I haven't. I haven't started it. I won't be playing. Oh, yes. I won't be playing it for a while, probably. But I just bought it because there was some promotional thing going on with my credit card where I could mm-hmm. get all these extra points and shit if I bought if I bought stuff on the PlayStation Store by the end of uh, last night or whatever. So yeah, I just went and picked up a few things and uh, yeah, I did buy it. So I'm excited to try it out. Um, yeah, but I haven't well, played be- it yet. You did beat Star Wars. You finally beat beat that, and you're going to move on. And I mentioned Destiny Two to you, and I said, "Man, this game looks." So we've jumped in and done some stuff with Destiny Two, which has been kind of enjoyable for me. But dude, I I really like that game. I like Destiny Two. I think I like it a lot. I dude, I played when I when Destiny Two came free to PS Plus members forever ago. I jumped in and started playing it, and I've always loved playing the game. It's just that. Destiny 2, the only reason I quit playing it is it got to a point where there was just nothing for me to do anymore without doing like the grindy end game stuff that you can't really do by yourself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but now, you know, Destiny 2 has all the expansions for it were on sale. You know, I decided to jump back into it because they released the PS5 version and, you know, started in on the Beyond Light stuff. And then I played the first campaign for Shadowkeep. The first mission or the whole campaign? The first mission, right? Because yeah. can they give you the first mission of Forsaken and uh, Shadowkeep. Is that the one where Cade dies or no? The first mission of Forsaken is the one where Cade dies. The first okay. mission of Shadowkeep is on the moon. You play, you like basically dive down into the depths of the moon trying to find this. Uh, I think I played that one. The cinematic to start the mission, you know, follows this kind of wizard looking lady, like as she's dr- walking through the caves and she's got like a bandana covering her eyes and she's like, her eyes oh, are like, yeah, bleeding. Yeah. And she's got like, whatever. I don't even know anything about the lore of this. The lore is so confusing. I went on YouTube to try to get some sort of semblance of an understanding of what the hell the game's even about. And I, I was able to cherry pick a couple things out, but there are like three hour videos about the timeline of destiny. And these, they, they said there's like over like 2000 lore things that you can pick up in the game to, to, you know, 
better understand what the hell is happening. And the only thing that I've made of it, and this isn't spoiler at all, the only thing I've made of it is is that the Traveler essentially is that big ball, and it has existed beyond um, longer than than mankind or whatever, and exists in the world, in the universe, and it goes around, and whenever it shows up at your planet, it creates essentially a golden age for all everything there. It came to Earth. It came, it came to Earth, and it came to the solar system, and there was a golden age, and humans were able to colonize other planets, and they had all this amazing information, and it was almost like the industrial age, but like 10,000 times more revelatory for the human race, and they've expanded. But apparently, wherever the Traveler goes, the antithesis of the Traveler would be like the dark or the whatever you want to call it, the whatever, the the bad stuff. And it's trying to catch and kill the traveler. So essentially the traveler ends up at Earth and it and it stays at Earth. And there's people thinking that like it's gonna die there. And it does get hurt or something. And that's what the ghosts actually are. They're like pieces of the traveler, which I didn't realize that. The ghosts actually revive and, and make the guardians essentially immortal in a way, but only for as long as the ghosts are alive and only for as long as the traveler exists. So yeah, the, it's the, weird. Basically the traveler, it's, it's such a, like at its core, it's this, you know, cliche. It's almost dark like a versus, God. It's like this, it's at its core. The game story is like this cliche dark versus light thing. And it's like very, just obvious like the guardians have the light and that's yeah, it's that, called the light yeah. you know, that, that's what the the traveler is you know it grants the people and it you know it it powers the the uh the ghosts and the ghosts use the light to be able to revive the guardians and but then mm-hmm. like there's the darkness which is like this force of the universe is trying to consume the light it's it's all very right. like but then there's like other like species and things like that the vex are apparently a virus i from what i understand they're like a virus that are just programmed to like i don't know kill things or like keep things from hurting something and like and they they they're not really it's not really sentient it's just programmed to do a certain thing i don't know it's it's all really weird but if you guys haven't played destiny destiny 2 is on ps5 for free and granted the expansions like you said jake are cheap right now like they usually run i think around 20 bucks 30 bucks and you can get them for like less than 10 dollars a piece now we did buy beyond light i think that was the most recent one so it's the most expensive right now yeah but did you get the other ones or no i did yeah i i, I bought all three of them it's actually should i get them well, I I mean that's up to you. I've only played the intro missions to both Shadowfall and yeah. uh, Forsaken. It's just one of those games where like I know it would be kind of fun to just kind of piddle around in from time to time. So yeah. I figured if I can have the the content there to be able to do it, maybe if if people get to this podcast before the sale is over, it's actually cheaper to buy all three individually than to buy their like legendary edition that includes yeah. all three together. Because I think if you buy buy like Destiny Two Legendary Edition, which is just all three expansions, it's like fifty two dollars. But if mm-hmm. you buy all three of them individually, it's like forty seven dollars. Interesting. So, yeah. So that's just something to think about. But Dude, yeah, I, I mean, might I might do it. Yeah. I mean, but I've been playing you know Destiny Two a little bit. I actually have a lot of games. I because I finished uh, I finished Star Wars. Star Wars, and then I jumped into Destiny Two a little bit. And then I actually bought Sackboy, oh, Big Adventure, and basically it's a game for Sarah and I to play together. So Sarah Do you have another controller? Do you have a second controller? I bought one, yeah. Ah, fuck. So Sarah and I have been playing Sackboy. We're about half of the way, a third of the way through. Are you enjoying game. it? Yeah, it's really fun. I mean, some of, dude, some of the game design, some of the level design stuff is really impressive. Yeah. Um, I, I really, really like it. The biggest problem I have with this, and I'm curious to know like what other people's opinions are. The biggest problem I have with it is because it's not a static. Iso- so typically 3d platformers, they, they follow, they fall under like two camps of cameras. It's either a fixed isometric view mm-hmm. or it's a completely free camera that's controllable by the player. Right. Well, what this game does is it's a the camera is not controllable by the player, but it's also not fixed. It's constantly changing perspective as the level moves along, yeah. and it makes dude it makes the depth perception so fucking hard to to get get around. Dude, you That's wouldn't weird. believe like it's a platformer, and it's hard 
to be able to aim and jump on bad guys. That's like the, the purpose depth, of the game, right? Yeah, because the depth perception keeps changing. Now, typically those obstacles aren't, you know... Game-breaking? Yeah, I mean, a lot of times you, you don't have to jump on things. You can, like, punch them or throw them or, you know, they're. it's like, it's not, you don't have to be that kind of accurate, but, you know, right. the game's only going to get harder and harder as we go on. I just wish that they had... And part of it too is because we're playing it as like a two player experience. The camera is constantly stretching out for to encompass both players. Right. So that changes depth perception right there. That's part of it too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what, why the decision, you know, I, I feel like it had to have been a thing, I guess, may, in like QA testing, but maybe it just wasn't a big enough kind of thing to really make it a problem. But mm-hmm. it's been a lot of fun. You know, I don't know if it's the best little big planet game I've played, but it's not even a little big planet game. It's just a Sackboy game in the little big planet universe. But yeah. it's kind of always what I wanted Little Big Planet to be. Yeah. You know, because I don't give a shit about any of the creation tools. So now that all that stuff is gone and it's just kind of an interesting story and kind of cute. Yeah. yeah. It's cute and there's all these like they add all these tools in that you can like use. Like there's a boomerang that you use to solve puzzles and oh, cool. traverse the level. There's like a grappling hook, which isn't really that's something that was in the game before. There's like you can pick up these like melee weapons, which all work a little bit differently. Like one of them's like a fish that you just hit people with. Mm-hmm. One of them is like a like an umbrella from a martini. Yeah, um, yeah. Or that you can like use to kind of do like a floating kind of double jump type thing. There's a lot of weird stuff. It's, it's really cool. It's really cute and it's fun. And the stories, you know, you'll have to virtually, you should virtually share a controller with me at some point on the share play. And yeah, I forgot you could do that. Yeah. Sometime we'll have to try like it out. To try it out. Cause, uh, it is, it is fun to play, but I'm really enjoying that. So destiny cool. and that. Oh, and I did, um, yesterday I bought, uh, <laughs> you're on a roll, man. <laughs> I bought Immortals Phoenix Rising. Oh, I heard great things about that. And, yeah. uh, I've been playing it. To, I started playing it today and it's fucking awesome. It's right up my alley. I really enjoy it so far. Now, granted, I only have a couple <laughs> hours into it. You never had an Xbox, did you? No. So you've probably never played fable right it has this like fable vibe to it like the original fable where it's like kind of cartoony and silly but there's like some there's like serious vibes to it and like it's really kind of fun and silly and jokey and and it's very like zelda-esque like everyone's comparing it to breath of the wild and i've never played breath of the wild so i don't have a comparison to draw from but it seems very similar the one like and i I looked on metacritic it only has like a 76 which kind of surprised me because every single review I've like watched on YouTube about it, everyone's like, this game's awesome. This game's awesome. This game's awesome. And then they'll be like, oh, but the one bad thing is that the puzzles are monotonous. Yeah. And it's like, okay, the, it seems like it rates a better score than that. And then I played it today and I'm like, yeah, this game is fucking great. And I've, you know, there's a bunch of puzzles that I had to do as part of these like dungeon sequences. They're fine. I mean, it's not one of those things where like I hate doing it, but right. they're just kind of like monotonous puzzles. There's nothing really like makes me excited to do them or anything. Right. But, but I mean, they don't suck. Yeah. But for me, that's fine because I'm not really into like really complicated puzzles in games. Like, mm-hmm. like I tried to play The Witness and I just couldn't do it. I got through like three puzzles and then I was done because it yeah. was just too hard. Um, and I just don't have the time to sit there and kind of poke around and try and solve a puzzle. Yeah. But uh, the bandwidth, like when, when you sit down and you try to like enjoy a game, usually like you've been thinking all day at work and thinking and thinking and like calculating, at least with my job, like the last thing I want to do is do like more problems when I sit down to play a game. Like I don't mind the occasional puzzle, like an Uncharted or Tomb Raider or whatever, but Yes, anything that's too much. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't know but, if I can. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I. But I will say, I've only I've only been playing it for a couple of hours, but so far, I I really like it, and I'm excited to play some more of it. That's great, um, dude. And I like I told you last night, I played last night. I played the first because we we played some of the campaigns in Destiny. We played some of the campaign stuff for yeah. whatever Beyond Light, Beyond which is Light. The new expansion, and I'm like. Okay, you know, it's just this is cool. I mean, it's kind of like a like a destiny kind of campaign. There's not a lot right. of like to engage you story wise. Mm-hmm. And then I played the the Shadow Keep first mission and I was like, okay, you know, I could see this becoming Being kind of like cool. a cool little path to play or whatever, but but then I played the Forsaken one last night and I was like, Oh, they're actually like feeding you a real story with this. Now it could be that like they just kind of 
you know, you that. maybe they just kind of sh- shot their load at, on the very first mission because it yeah. just starts out on a real huge downer. Yeah. And maybe it like, well, the NPC stuff was awesome. Like, yeah. And maybe like, like, was like trying to hit the switches and stuff. And there's some comedy there. Like right. I love this character, man. I'm really kind of bummed out about what happened with him. And that's always been his character. And so it was kind of surprised. Like he was, he's always been a beloved character. So it's always surprised. It was surprising that they decided to kill him. They'll find a way to bring him back. Like he was a droid though, right? He wasn't, he was, he was an exo, which yeah. is the, whatever the robotic race is that you can be in destiny. Maybe you'll find out that like his, his programming or something got put into some sort of service servitor or something. And yeah, (laughs) I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that's going to be destiny three, the return of Kate or something like that. Uh, But But anyway, you know, I played that, (laughs) I played that last night and I really, really enjoyed it. So I'm excited to play more of that too. yeah, man. Well, yeah, you and I need to you and I need to play some more Destiny because I'm in. Uh, let's not talk too much more about it. We'll get we'll get more when we play more of it. But uh, and it's funny that my notes say after this, after we talk about the games we're playing, that I have here uh, we're going to talk about a quick preface to the show. But I do want to say as a quick preface to today's show, uh, I want to let the audience know that this is actually being recorded on Friday, and it will probably be posted around Tuesday. And Jake, I wanted to run this by you, but I thought maybe we could start trying to do this more routinely so we can kind of stay ahead of the curve and be more consistent with when we release the episodes. Um, But the only issue is that I think we'll seemingly be a few days behind on game news. Do you have any opinions as for us recording on the weekends and then releasing it on like a Tuesday? No, because they don't really nothing nothing really gets announced on the weekends unless it's some kind of a leak. So I don't think that it's really going to affect much if we record it on like a Friday or a Saturday. That'll then, give me time to edit and then post them because right now we I've we've been recording. And then I'll spend like an hour and a half editing after we're done. And it just makes for a long night on a work night. So maybe if we could just uh, do the shows on the weekend like we're doing today, that would be awesome. Um, but we'll figure it out. Maybe we could even do them earlier in the morning or something before we even get rolling for the, you know, get up early. It would be like going to breakfast together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, virtually. But anyhow, News Jake, Push Square indicated this one was kind of weird that Sony released a PS5 controller driver that works with Linux. So I'm not sure if it's going to take advantage of the adaptive triggers, but everything else seems to be in order for it to be working. And then so users of the Linux based operating system will be able to interface the DualSense 5 via Bluetooth and USB. And I guess it can't be overstated uh, how good the DualSense 5 or the DualSense controller, I think is just what it's called, how good it is. And I know, Jake, earlier uh, in the podcast, you had some initial impressions that you liked it. And then you kind of doubled back a little bit, just saying you did have a couple reservations just about it. And I wanted to know, now that you've been using it more, have you grown to ad- adapt to the DualSense? I mean, I, I, I like it. It's, it's never been that I don't like it. I, it's just always like, it just always felt kind of, it feels kind of large. Yeah. Um, and it is large compared to the other controller. And I didn't necessarily care that much for the, the rounded outside design. It reminded me more of an Xbox controller in that yeah. regard. But, and I, I, I will say like, I do have some weird, and maybe it's because of how I hold the controller or whatever, but I have a, had a couple of weird instances where like I'll have a finger go numb or something like that when I'm playing. Wow. And I think it's all like down to the ergonomics of the controller and how I'm using it. Mm-hmm. You're just because, holding it too tight, dude. Because, I mean, it's, it could be, but like, you know, it's the actual like ergonomics of the, the dual shocks were different than this controller. Yeah. <clears throat> so they were more slanted. Yeah. So like it was more of like kind of like an angled sort of, more like almost like you were holding a gun kind of right where yeah. it was like the arm that you're when in your palm kind of went up and then angled sharply forward to where the triggers were yeah. whereas this is more of like kind of a sloping kind of rounded thing it kind of engages the muscles of your hands differently so I, the more I get used to it, the more I like it. I'll be honest, the more I use the adaptive triggers, the more I don't like them. Mm. <laughs> but uh, that's that's not because I don't think they're impressive. It's because it, it seemingly detracts from my immersion of the game. That's weird because it's supposed to do the opposite. I get it. You know, I get it. I, I get it a lot. But like when you're playing, you're just, you're expecting a certain feedback. Mm-hmm. And then like, 
you know, especially when I'm in the middle of something and I'm really kind of like, you know, trying to get something done or whatever. I'm like in a battle or something like that. Like a lot of times I don't really want the controller fighting me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I right. get it. It's immersive and it's, you know, it's all this stuff, right? And it's impressive on like a technical level. Mm-hmm. I'm honestly more impressed with the HD rumble than I am with the adaptive. Oh yeah. Trigger. The rumble feels great. Cause the it's almost amazing. Like- it's almost like the rumble, they can change like, like the velocity of it. You know what I mean? Not, and, I, and I don't mean that. I mean, it's more so like when you're programming MIDI notes and like logic, like the velocity is like how hard it sounds like the drum is getting hit or how hard the notes getting played. Well, my, my biggest kind of takeaway from it was, is it feels like they can kind of decide where in the controller to apply a little bit of rumble. It's not just shaking in your hands. They can right. like kind of apply it all over the place. Depending on how, like the best example is if you play the Astrobot stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like there, there. I mean, granted, that's meant to show off the controller, but there are like these sequences where you're like running through the rain and stuff, and you can feel it kind of like pitter pattering through the controller as you're running around. It's really impressive. Yeah, it is. Impressive. Um, oh, the the adaptive triggers. Well, I, like I really enjoy them from a technical perspective, but I just from like when I'm practical perspective for me when I'm playing, I mean, I, I don't turn it off or I haven't been turning them off at this point, but nothing that I've played has really like overtly used it. Right. Um, but I know that Immortals is using it a little bit. Yeah, Gosh, Spider-Man I, uses it a little bit also. Yeah, that Immortals Phoenix Rising is such a stupid name, but it is a bad um, name. But like, like I got the bow, and it doesn't even spell Phoenix like the bird. It's no, and it's because Phoenix is the name of the character, and that's how it's that's how it's spelled. But such uh, a bad name for a character. It's it's really bad because it looks like Phoenix. Yeah, it's 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 really a dumb name. Phonetically, it looks like it should be pronounced Phoenix. But there's like this weirdness where like whenever you like string your bow, you like feel a snap in the trigger whenever like the bow kind of when you string it up and you go to pull it back and, yeah. and it, it doesn't like overuse it, but it does kind of, you know what it reminds me of? And this might just be my personal experience, but I got, was getting my car worked on. I was at the Mazda dealer and they gave me a loaner for the day. Mm-hmm. And my car is like five years, five or six years old at this point. And my car has the, uh, the lane departure warning thing where like, if you begin to drift over the center line or something, it'll beep at you and tell mm. you that you're, you're drifting out of your lane. They gave me a loaner, which was a brand new Mazda. Mm-hmm. I think they were trying to sell me on one is what they were doing. They always do. But, uh, yeah, they were. They gave me a brand new one and I was driving down the highway and the lane departure warning in that car was turned on. I always have mine turn off, turned off because it's super sensitive and it's always beeping. Mm-hmm. I damn near fucking drove off the road. And I'm not even kidding you because the lane departure warning in – the new Mazdas, and it's probably this way in a lot of vehicles, is that instead of beeping when you like drift towards the center line, it shakes the steering wheel. Oh God! It like not like in a, it's not like jolting it, but it like vibrates the steering wheel, kind of like the rumble in your controller, and it's so disconcerting when you're driving down the road because you associate vibration with bad stuff when you're driving. Yeah, road, uh, I mean, yeah, rumble strips or whatever. Right. Right. So like. Or like you ran over something or whatever. Yeah, so like yeah. it's kind of like that when I play with the adaptive triggers. When something like that happens, I feel like I broke my controller it's or like jarring. you know what I mean? Like so I imagine eventually I'll get used to it, assuming I don't just write it off completely. But I'm trying to like kind of keep going with it. Yeah. We'll see. As of right now, it's not like a it's not like my favorite thing, but I'm not, you know, I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on, uh, on the PlayStation blog, Shuhei Yoshida published an article highlighting six upcoming can't miss indies coming to our favorite console, the PlayStation. I just want to go over these games real quick so that we don't forget that they exist or that they're coming out. They're not necessarily coming out right now, but they are on the pipeline to be released. So we have that Kenna Bridge of Spirits, which is developed by Ember Lab. That actually has an anticipated release date of March 21st, 2021. That game, we did see a trailer and it looked pretty good. I think one of the state of plays, we saw that. There's another game called Nor, N-O-U-R, like Norish maybe, but it's a it's called Nor Play With Your Food. That's developed by Panic Incorporated. I have no idea what that game is. Shuhei thinks it's going to be great. Five Nights at Freddy's, Security Breach, 
is published by Steel Wool Games, or maybe developed by, rather. But I don't know uh, what that game's going to be about. Oddworld, Soulstorm, coming out, we know what that is. And then Temtem, which is a creature-collecting, massive multiplayer online game developed by Crema. I've never heard of them. And then we are also getting like a Disco Elysium on the PS5, I think. And I think that game had a lot of debate over whether you should support the game or not for different reasons, political. But I I don't know the whole story behind that, and we don't need to get into it, I guess. But that was what Shuhei said to look out for. So those games are – Is Disco Elysium the one where the developer like overtly – Stalin or something? They overtly support like Marxism and have pictures of Stalin in their office and stuff like that. I think that might be the game and i didn't look into it but i think that's the one Hmm. so it's just weird you know we're at the end of 2020 we have finally put the nail in the coffin of 2020 it is now officially january 1st 2021 but without diving too headlong into over discussed things on the show i thought we'd maybe try a blind run today i've been really transparent with the listeners that when i come up with topics for the show i usually comb over some of the stories over at pushsquare.com and it's P-U-S-H-S-Q-U-A-R-E.com. We've done some quizzes on their website in the past over the air. Being how we just, like I said, put the final nail in 2020's coffin. And we're already, we've already done a list of our favorite games of 2020. We've already covered the Game Awards and our predictions. I thought maybe you and I could take a dry run. They have, and we can go fast through it. But I think it's going to be interesting. They have a 30-question quiz on their site, all involving PlayStation stuff that happened in 2020, just to see how well we can do. Now, I don't know what all it has in store, but it is 100% PlayStation-related, and so is our podcast. And it is related to your 2020. So thanks again to them for giving us something to talk about for the podcast and uh, making my research easy. And something I think our listeners may find interesting is how we respond to these questions. I don't want to spend too much time on these questions, but if there is something that kind of like we go, oh, yeah, that happened. Maybe we could have a little anecdote or talk about it briefly uh, to put an end cap on this crazy year with PlayStation. Are you down for doing that? Sure. All right. I thought it might be interesting, and I, I have not done this, so I just want to uh, be transparent about that. So, number one, Sony started the PS5 hype train early with the reveal of the new console's logo. Surprisingly, the image broke a social media record. What was it? And is it the most Instagram likes most for a gaming post, most Twitter likes for a gaming post, most retweets for a gaming post, or the most Facebook likes? It's probably the most retweets for a gaming post, I would think. Do you have an opinion on that? What were the what was the um, the thing Most, again? Uh, so they released the logo to start the PS5 hype train, right? Okay, which just said had the Sony logo said PS5, and it said the image broke a social media record. But what was the record? Was it Instagram, Facebook retweets, or Twitter likes for a gaming post. I'm going to say retweets. I, I think it's definitely Twitter. I'm going to say Twitter likes just because you said retweets. All right. I'll click on Twitter likes and we'll, we'll, we'll go with your call on that. And the answer is the most Instagram likes for a gaming post, yeah. which is interesting. I know okay. that they won something in that regard this year, but maybe it wasn't that post. Yeah, I don't know. All right, question two of 30. Near the end of January, BBC News held a virtual interview inside an upcoming PS4 game. Which one? Was it Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Last of Us Part Two, Watch Dogs Legion, or Cyberpunk 2077? Oh, God. PS4 game near the end of January. Jesus. Uh, Sounds like it'd probably be something with Watch Dogs. I'm going to go Watch Dogs. Legion could be cyberpunk, but I don't know. I can't imagine CD Projekt Red being involved in like an interview. They were very guarded with how they released. What were the first stuff. two games? Assassin's Creed Valhalla, or Last of Us Part Two. I don't virtual- know the Last of Us. I don't Sorry, know. It was a virtual interview, maybe not virtual reality. Okay, you're saying Last of Us? Yeah, I'm gonna go Watch Dogs. I'm gonna click on Watch Dogs, and I'm right. Watch Dogs, it is. Hmm. Sony shut down one of its studios in early February. Do you remember which one it was? London Studio, San Diego Studio, Pixelopus, or Manchester Studio? I'm going to say London. No, I think London Studio is still around. Oh, God. I think it's... Uh, I didn't even know what Manchester Studio was. Pixelopus? Yeah, let's um, go that. You want to go that? Sure. Nope, Manchester Studio. Yeah, that, that was actually what I was going to say first, but I thought I heard something about Pixelopus in the news. Might have been a game they were doing. 
Yeah, interesting. Now, this is also something I don't know the answer to. The Uncharted movie was Tom Holland, has Tom Holland attached to play Nathan Drake, while Mark Wahlberg will fill the role of Sully. Which Oscar-winning actor will be joining them in the flick? Is it Antonio Banderas, Gary Oldman, Eddie Redmayne, or Leonardo DiCaprio? It's definitely not DiCaprio, and it's not Banderas. It's probably Gary Oldman. What was the, what was the fourth one? Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, it's, Gary, it's Gary Oldman. I, it's got to be. Yeah, let's click that. No, it's Antonio Banderas. He's probably the villain. I have no idea. Oh, you know what? He could be Navarro. Yeah. If they're doing like the first. Although the, this is, this is a I don't know what the story is going to be. So I guess I don't know. Also, we talked briefly last episode about Sony having different IP coming to movies. I wanted to make it known that we didn't include Metal Gear as being one of them. I think... Is it? They're doing a Metal Gear movie. Is that a it's Sony not a, IP? It's not a Sony IP. It's not. They're Konami. I wonder. That. I wonder if they're talking about that though. I don't know. All right. In March, a TV adaptation of which key PlayStation franchise was announced in March? Horizon Zero Dawn, Last of Us, God of War, Twisted Metal. I'm going Last of Us. Yeah, that's probably true. Yep, got it. Sony caused a bit of an upset in March when it confirmed an exclusive game would be released on another platform. What was the game? And what was the platform? Was it Horizon Zero Dawn on Steam, God of War on Xbox, Death Stranding on Steam, or Marvel Spider-Man? It's either Death Stranding or uh, Horizon. I think it's Horizon. Correct. Good job. E3 was understandably canceled this year due to the coronavirus. A major publisher was down to hold its very first E3 press conference in 2020. Which one? Capcom, Warner Brothers, Interactive, Bandai Namco, or Sega? I think it's Warner Brothers. It is Warner Brothers, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Good job. Epic Games announced publishing deals with three game developers. Remedy Entertainment and Play Dead were two of them. But what studio was a third? Was it The Chinese Room, Supergiant, Gen Design, or Supermassive? I'm going to go with Supermassive on that one. I'm going to agree with you. No, Gen Design. Mm. I don't know what that is. DualSense PS5 controller was announced out of absolutely nowhere. How did Sony choose to debut its new pad? Uh, Wired article. I'm going to go Wired. What's What are the options? Sorry, yeah, YouTube Premiere, PlayStation Blog, Carrier Pigeon. Yeah, it could be. Or Wired article. I think it's the blog, actually. All right, I'll click on the blog. You are correct. Good job, Jake. It is weird how they released this console in response the wired, to COVID- the wired article was for all the, the actual console stuff. Oh, the, yeah. All the tech stuff in a response to COVID-19 Sony made a couple of games available to all PlayStation four owners for free. The Nathan Drake collection was one of them. What was the other? Was it journey ratchet and clank bloodborne or uncharted Four: a thief's end. It's gotta I, be bloodborne. I think it was journey to be honest with you. I'll click journey. You're right. Damn it, Jake. You're killing me. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 was announced in mid-May. Which YouTube channel gave us our very first look at gameplay from this remake? Was it Jablinski Games? Was it IGN? Was it Push Square on the Push Square website right now? Or was it PlayStation? I'm going Push Square. Uh, yeah. I've... They got to be giving themselves a shout out, right? No, they're wrong. It's Jablinski Games. I don't even know what the fuck a Jablinski is. Why would they have the very first? I don't know. Maybe it's an awesome site. Go check it out. In May, the game picture below was released. What's its name? I'm going to try to give you a verbal description of this game. It, the game came out in May. It, it's either called Slide Stars, Stranded Deep, Island Saver, or Yoku's Island Express. I'm going to use deductive reasoning, and two of the answers contain the word island. So it's probably one of those. But there's a pink elephant. It's very cartoony looking. The guy's holding like a blue laser. It's first person. It looks kind of cartoony drawn. There's cacti and the entire environment looks very uh, sand-like and desert-like. So The Express one. Island Express or whatever the fuck it is. All right. I don't know anything about it. No, it was Island Saver. Uh, <laughs> but we were right about the island stuff. All right, Jake, question 13. The Last of Us Part 2 got a dedicated state of play. The PlayStation Vita made a cameo appearance, but what game was being played on the handheld? I already know this. Was it Crash Bandicoot, PlayStation All-Stars, Jack and Daxter, or Hotline Miami? It was Hotline Miami, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Correct. 
Sony revealed lots of PlayStation 5 games with an event in mid-June. Which PS5 title was shown first during the showcase? Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Bug Snacks, Gran Turismo 7, or Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales in June? I'm going to say Ratchet and Clank. No. In June? uh, Not Ratchet. I'm going to... It might be. I'm going to say Gran Turismo. First? Yeah. All right. I'm going to pick it. Uh, It was was Spider-Man. Wow. Hmm. We probably even talked about that. EA announced the return of a beloved franchise during its EA Play broadcast. Which series are making a comeback? Army of Two, Burnout, Skate, or Dead Space? I'm going to say Skate. Mm, Yeah, that's true. Yep, got it. Near the end of June, Fortnite hosted a movie night showing three films from which director within the game? Wes Anderson, definitely not. Christopher Nolan, definitely not. Ridley Scott, definitely not. Martin Scorsese, oh my god. I don't know. Say... Nolan. No, I'm I'm going Ridley Scott. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. No, it was Nolan. Fuck. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's we're we're doing terrible on this. We're halfway through. More than halfway. Dude, I, I fucking anytime the anytime a news article like uh, a news article headline contains the words Fortnite, I just turn off immediately. So I I don't. Yeah, I don't pay attention to Fortnite either. <laughs> All I right, mean, ready? Sure it's fine game. Far Cry 6 was revealed for PS5 and PS4 in July. Giancarlo Esposito plays which character? The protagonist, the president, a dog, or the president's son? I'm going to go the uh, president's son is the main character, I think, which is the protagonist. I think so. Then it's got to be... I think it's the president. I'm not positive about it, but I think it is. Correct. Good job. He was the guy in Breaking Bad, wasn't he? Uh, All right. At the height of its popularity, Fall Guy's infamous Twitter account said it would do what if it hit a million retweets? Delete the yellow team, give everyone 100 crowns, rename the game Stumble Chums, or give the Fall Guy's characters nipples. I think it's the nipples thing. I couldn't even begin to guess on this one. I'm going nipples. I'm wrong. Damn it. Delete the yellow team. I've never played Fall Guys. Which popular PS4 game made the Switch to a free-to-play model in September? Was it Destiny 2, Rocket League, Need for Speed Heat, or Fall Guys? I think it's Destiny. Yeah, dude. No, it's Rocket League. I thought that was free-to-play. Well, we had it early because it came with Plus. Well, I know that when Destiny 2 did go free-to-play at some point this year. It did, but it might have been been earlier. must not have been September. Hmm. All right. We got to redeem ourselves here. We've been missing a few. Final Fantasy 16 was announced during a PS5 game showcase. Was it? Oh, what is the name of the protagonist? Dave, Bob, Clive, or Brian? <laughs> God damn it. It's definitely not Bob. I'm going to go with Clive. Clive sounds like the best out of those names for a protagonist for Final Fantasy. Yes, Clive is correct. Microsoft announced a historic acquisition in September. Hold on. This is a PlayStation podcast. Saying it had entered a deal to purchase ZeniMax Media, including Bethesda. How much money did Microsoft reportedly fork over for the buyout? Like 7.3 or something like that? 7.5 billion is on here. I'm going to go that. Yeah. Correct. Good job, Jake. We're back in the in the game here. We have eight questions left. In late September, this is really cool because it's all the shit that went on in 2020. In late September, Marvel Spider-Man Remastered caused fans to throw their toys out of the pram. What was the cause of this upset? What's that even mean? Oh, it's some English thing, probably. Okay, Peter Parker's new voice, Puddles, Peter Parker's new face, or Peter Parker's new hair. It's his face. It's his face. They fucked up his face. Correct. <laughs> In October, Sony posted a PS5 teardown video where it showed all the inner components of the console. What is the pictured hardware called? It's that big uh, heat – it's the big heat sink. I'm going to click it. I know that's what it is. Correct. I got us a point there, Jake. At the last-minute PS5 game, Destruction All-Stars had its release plans completely changed. When is it now scheduled to release? February 2021. It's not January because we I already looked at the games coming out this year. Is it April 2021 or March 2021? I'm going to go April. Yeah, it's either March or April, I think. I'm going to say April because Returnal's coming out in, in March. I'm going to go April. No, fuck. Next month? 
Damn it. I haven't seen anything about this game coming out soon. Mark Cerny doesn't tweet much, but the PS5 architect shared his latest platinum trophy with the world in October. What game did he beat? What game did he platinum? Was it Knack 2, Bus Simulator, Cuphead, or Sekiro? It was Cuphead. I think it was Cuphead, yeah. Yeah, he was stoked about it. Good job. What We got four left. Which legendary character became a Fall Guys costume in late October? Was it SpongeBob SquarePants, Mickey Mouse, Godzilla, or Super Mario? I don't know anything about Fall Guys, man. This is just a guess. There's um, no way they got Disney. The first one. SpongeBob? Yeah. All right. No, nah, it's fucking Godzilla. Damn it. All right, PS5 launched in the UK on the 19th of November, and London was lit up in celebration. Which food chain joined the fun? Was it Greg's, Krispy Kreme, Burger King, or Pret a Manger? I couldn't even. I, I have no, literally no idea. Well, I know Burger King had a promotion for it. I'm going to say Burger King. Nope, it was Greg's. Because uh, that was the London version. Damn it. In November, Hitman developer IO Interactive announced it's working on a new game. What is it? Hitman 4, Mini Ninjas 2, Kanan Lynch 3, or Project 007? Project 007. Boom. Got it. Two left. Which of the following celebrities was not a presenter at the Game Awards? Fuck if I know. The Swedish chef. He was, I think, Eddie Vedder, Tom Holland, or Brie Larson. Eddie Vedder Eddie was... Vedder. He was not well. He was no, no, no. He was in there because he played the song for The Last of Us. Let's think about this. Future Days. He performed it oh, at the yeah. Game Awards. Swedish Chef was definitely in there. I bet you it's Tom Holland because no, he's. Tom, I, I'm pretty sure Tom Holland was there. I don't because the Uncharted movie thing. I think he was there. Who's? So, yeah. So what was the last one? Brie Larson. Yeah, it's not her. I, I try her. Fuck! I, it's any better. I, he, well, uh, maybe it's a trick question because they said presenter. Are you sure he was there? Yeah, dude, he was there. Or maybe he was only for the Sony award, like the Sony. I, no, he was there, dude. He wasn't there. They had him on a screen and he like played future days, dude. Anyways, we're wrong. Codemasters. Last question. Codemasters is set to be acquired by what major publisher? Take two. EA. Interactive. Microsoft, Ubisoft, or Electronic Arts. EA, it is. Oh, man. Shit, Jake. We got a 16 out of 30, and we ranked as PlayStation Savvy, which I think is pretty accurate. We're not total total experts. It says, and this concludes the quiz of the year. How'd you do? Mm. All right. Good job, Jake. That was fun. I'm glad we were able to do that on the uh, podcast. There's only a couple more things I wanted to do here, and then we'll call it a quiz. We're at an hour, so we're getting close to the end. But now that we're through it, uh, it wouldn't be right to not announce a list of PS5 games that are coming to PlayStation for January, as, as well as the very limited release schedule for this month. PS Plus games, sorry, for PlayStation. So the January PS Plus games, if you haven't seen yet, Jake, are going to be Greedfall. It has a 72 on Metacritic. It's like an RPG game. Shadow of the Tomb Raider on PS4, that has a 75 Metacritic. And then Man Eater, where you essentially get to play Jaws, kind of. And for that's for PS5. And anybody who recently purchased Man Eater for the PS5, which has a 68 for the PS4 version on Metacritic, if, if you bought it for PS5, Sony is apparently refunding those purchases so good on sony and good on you as a consumer for getting some of your money back and then the other games coming out in january uh hitman 3 io interactive ride 4 jake this is a motorcycle game you might want to look into five nights at freddy's cult collection on the ps4 scott pilgrim vs world a complete edition which is a really good beat-em-up i guess and it was actually pulled from the store due to issues with uh, licensing but now it's coming back to the store and we have cyber shadow which is the game that ted sheckler sent us a uh, video of on uh, ted sheckler wrote the intro song it looks awesome yeah this is coming out january 26th and it's being released by Yacht Club Games, and it's an eight-bit side scroller. Looks like it's Metroidvania, where you're just like taking out. Uh, it's like cyber. it looks like a. It looks like literally just a Castlevania a, meets Shinobi. Well, no, it looks like a like an NES uh, Ninja Gaiden clone. That's what I meant, Ninja Gaiden, not Shinobi. I've been on a Shinobi kick lately. I don't know why, but yeah, uh, Cyber Shadow looks really cool. I wonder what the price point's going to be on that, but. Yo, dude, that's all I have, really. Um, we have a closing musical track. Jake, do you? Uh, I'll, before I announce that, is there anything else you'd like to add to the show? Uh, I got one quick story, and yeah, then, uh, and then and then I'm done. So I was at my parents for thanks or er, for Christmas. Thankfully, I was able to see a little bit of my family this year. 
Yeah, fantastic. Most people really didn't get a chance to, which is a bummer, but you know, we were all safe and everything. So it was kind of cool to be able to see them. My dad was telling me, because Josh, my brother and I were talking about PS5 stuff and he was able to finally get a console. I don't think he had, he didn't have one yet at Christmas, but he was able to get a console from his coworker, but it doesn't matter. But we were talking about, we were talking about games and my dad came up and he overheard us and he was like telling me, he he started to tell us about, he was like, so I had this guy that worked for me that he worked for me for a while. And until recently he left the company and I was thinking, Oh, he's, you know, my dad's going to tell me some story about he had to fire someone or something like that. (laughs) And he was like, he was like, he quit, came into the, he came into my office and he told me to, that he was quitting, or I guess everything's remote now, so it's probably like a remote thing. He said he was quitting because he was making more money doing a YouTube channel about video games. No. Yeah. So my dad's telling me this, and he was like, my dad works for a really big company out of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad was like, I don't know how much money this kid makes playing or, or uh, doing his YouTube channel. Yeah. But I know for a fact that he was making like 95 K working oh, for yeah. our company. So think about that. I mean, he was making 95 thou and the guy, the kid was making more money doing, doing YouTube. YouTube and talking and, about games. And he told me, he told me what the guy's channel was and I looked it up. I can't remember what the name of it is off the top of my head, but he has a, he has a sh- like thousands and thousands of subscribers. Like he's got a, it's a pretty big channel and I've never heard of it before, but <sighs> it, I think, I think the whole concept of it was just like, instead of a channel where people just kind of like review the new games that come out, his whole shtick is that like, People just send him random games and say, review this for us. Oh, so interesting. Like, they just like send things for him to review or they suggest games for him to review. And uh, he just does these videos about him. And I, apparently it's pretty big. So I just thought that was pretty wild that my dad was, you know, came up and told me a story about because, <laughs> you know, my dad doesn't care about gaming or anything like yeah. that. But like, there's it a lot of money, weird. man. Those YouTubers make so much money. Like, you know, and I'm not calling anyone out by name, but there are some uh, private YouTubers that just talk about games. They have very dedicated channels and a very dedicated listener base. I know they're bringing in well over a hundred thousand dollars a month. A month, dude. Yeah, like, it's it's pretty. There's it's no pretty crazy. Doubt. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I I can't. Not us by any means. We we get nothing. If you look at our YouTube channel, uh, we get maybe four views on the ones I upload. No, granted, it's just the podcast right now. And I, I was doing reaction videos and stuff. And I I had we have a I have a Metal Gear video that has like I don't know like thirty thousand views or fourteen thousand views, but I don't get a dollar from any of that because I can't even monetize my videos, and so you can't we can't even like do anything with it. So uh, we need people to subscribe to our channel so we can monetize the shit out of it. And maybe then I'll start doing more reaction videos. I thought like that would get us some steam and it did. We had a lot of subscribers when I started doing those reaction videos. It was crazy and it was working, but like it, it was just a lot of work, you know, between the bands and then doing the podcast and then working a full-time job and writing music. And like, it was just too much work. Yeah. I, uh, I was toying around a little bit with, you know, starting a YouTube channel to do some stuff that's motorcycle related. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I like made a couple videos and stuff and I just like, I can't do it. I don't have the time. I don't have the patience. I don't like, it's I so could, time consuming to do a YouTube channel. If I had somebody else that was literally editing? willing to do all of the editing and cutting and cleaning and all that and posting and all that kind of shit. And all I had to do is just make the content. I, I think I could do it. But I just, you know, I don't have the time to sit there for fucking five hours and edit a video that's only going to be five minutes long. Five to ten minutes long and and maybe only get ten views. Yeah, it's just, it's too much. Well, when I was doing those game reviews, I was using software that I could literally do the review in real time and all the graphics and everything were already set up. I didn't, there was no editing involved. It captured the audio, captured all the video. And then I could just export it and put it on YouTube. And it was, I could just bang them out. It was really easy, but I I forgot what the settings were. So I'll have to look back into it if I decide to do that again. I was just reviewing trailers. Right. 
you know, reaction videos to, to trailers Sony was posting. But I don't know. Something worked out. But before we close out, I need to give a shout out to my friends in the band Millpool for submitting a closing song for today's episode of PS This Is Awesome. This is a song titled Bummer Vacation. And you can pick this song up and find out more about Millpool at lemontreerecords.bandcamp.com slash we hyphen are hyphen all hyphen we've hyphen got. So we are all we got separated by hyphens, which is the name of their record. So enjoy the song. And until next time, like Cyber Shadow, Crisis, and Castlevania. P.S. This, this is awesome. awesome.